All right, welcome to the No BS DFS podcast. I'm your host, Joe, here with my co-host, Nick. You can find his DraftKings handle at the Sheriff 99 and you can find mine at Joe the Pro 5. So this week we're looking at the Sony Open in Hawaii at Wailai Country Club, 7,044 yards, par 70. So Nick, what do you got? What's the weather report looking like this week? Brutal conditions this week. I mean, normally when people go to Hawaii, they go there to relax. But with these 20 to 25 mile per hour winds, I feel like there's going to be a lot of frustration on the golfers' faces this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's exactly what I'm seeing as well. Rain showers every day, right around 50, 60% chance. Looks like Thursday is supposed to be the gustiest day, and it's going to die down a little bit throughout the weekend, but it's still going to be upper echelon in the 20, 25-mile-an-hour range. So definitely some brutal conditions for the golfers. So definitely going to be also fun to watch, though. So, All right, well, we're going to get into it. Um, so now give you guys our DraftKings advice on who we like this week for this golf tournament opening up the year here 2020 um so as far as for me I like uh because this course my favorite stats I'm looking at to start out here is definitely scrambling as I noticed there's a lot of deep bunkers around this course all over and also driving accuracy is going to be key especially in these conditions I think lower ball flight golfers are going to have a little bit of an advantage because these heavy winds Um, I'm really liking short iron play as well because a lot of this is a shorter course anyone can definitely win here um because a lot of hardly any, only two par fives on the golf course, a lot of short, pretty short par fours, you know, right in the 425, 450 range for yardage. So I think uh, the guys that can, in these conditions, they're short, they're going to, you know, hit a good drive and leave themselves, you know, 100, 150 yards away, short iron shot, it's going to be key, whoever can dial it in. Um so also I like par four scoring efficiency since there's so many par four, uh, fours and so little par fives this week. It's a shorter course, like I mentioned. And, uh, yeah, also to birdie or better percentage around right around 125 or less yards on their approach shots. So that's what I'm looking at. Nick, you have anything to add on what you're liking for stats as far as who you like? Um, yeah, so I also think irons are just going to be crucial this week. It's made for ball strikers. Uh, there's sloped greens. So if you're on the wrong side of the hole, you know, you're not going to make that putt. It's going to be bends and breaks if you're on the wrong side. But if you do get it to the correct side, you know, you're probably going to have a straight uphiller and these guys are so good. They're going to make plenty of birdies if they can hit the irons where they need to. Um, awkward chips on some holes if the green is missed. So there's going to be some really tough scrambling if your irons aren't where they need to be. Um, let's see. So I, I dug into a little bit of stats and I found the cut score and the winning score for the last three years. The winning score was minus 27, minus 17 and minus 22. So it looks like it's pretty much a birdie fest out here, but with these conditions, I'm expecting that to be a lot lower. And then the cut score has been real rock solid, minus three, minus two, minus two. Pretty typical on tour for a cut score to be around there. And, yeah, there's Bermuda Green. So if you can find a Bermuda Green specialist, they'll probably pick up a few strokes on the field. But other than that, that's it for me. All right. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said there. So first tournament of the 2020 officially season where there's actually cuts now. So and, you know, decent field. So, yeah. Uh, All right, guys, we're going to get right into it with our um, 
Well, first, I'd like to mention, yeah, the past winners, like I said, I think anyone can win here. Last year, Matt Kuchar won in Putnam, uh, finished runner-up. Two years ago, Patton Kassire won. James Hahn finished runner-up. And then three years ago, Justin Thomas won and Jay Rose. So you could clearly see the differential on skill level there. Anyone can win at this course. It's shown with just with that there. So past results. Um, so, all right. So now we're going to go through the list DraftKings here, price ranges. We're going to start out 10K and above. So, Nick, who are you liking uh, 10K plus here on DraftKings this week? Well, I think you gotta you gotta love JT at five to one. He's coming off a nice playoff victory, a little bit hairy there at the end, but yeah, he's twelve K, so you're definitely paying a premium for him. But I mean, I think he's well worth it. And then you got Patrick Reed at ten eight. I really like Reed. He showed a lot of poise because just watching the leaderboard throughout that tournament, he started off in one of the last places and fought his way all the way to the playoff and finished runner-up at Century. And then I really like Colin Morikawa. He played last week. He's 10,300. Uh, I think he's got the skill set, and he's a young up-and-comer. It's his time, and I feel like he's going to want to come out with the first cut real tournament of the year with a bang and potentially crack a top three. All right, you got any fades at all in this range or not really since they're all stud golfers right now? Um, Yeah, they're, they're all studs. You know, I, I can't say I dislike Webb at all or any of those other guys. So no fades for me in the <coughs> top range. All right. Yeah, well, I agree with a lot of what you said, but I also have some disagreements because my favorite play out of this range is Webb Simpson. Um, my reasoning for that, I mean, the guy checks every single box. His course history is great. The last two years, finishing like the top 15 and then tied for fourth last year, I believe. So the guy and his form, you know, lately, obviously, you know, just had a recent golf, you know, where they're not playing for a couple months. Uh, but you know what? Webb checks every box that I'm looking at this week. I mean, the guy can scramble, you know, with the best of them. His irons can definitely get dialed in here, you know, and yeah, driving accuracy is solid, par four scoring. I mean, everything, you know, I'm looking at and just, yeah, I just really like Webb. He's actually probably my favorite play just because, you know, I think he'll be lower owned than JT, Patrick Reed, because obviously no one's seen him play for a little bit now. So, yeah, I mean, how do these top guys – um, honestly, like you said, I agree with you as far as Patrick Reed with his poise that he's shown, but he's actually kind of, um, you know, I'm debating, but I think he definitely kind of a fade to me. I don't know if I'm going to play him in any of my lineups because the popularity just last, you know, last two finishes, second and third. I mean, the guy's been great, but his, uh, his scrambling was phenomenal last week. That's what kept him, you know, allowed him to remain at the top. But he was just – his ball striking was horrid. And I think this week, especially in these conditions, ball striking's got to be there, which, yeah, sure, he could definitely, you know, you know, up that for sure. Um, but I just uh, – I don't know if I see it this week. So they're all studs, though, like we said. You know, I'm fine with Reed. It's just I, my favorite plays, though, got to be JT for sure. You know, he could sweep Hawaii here and get another victory, no doubt about it. I mean, the guy's just playing great, even struggled and still found a way to win. No problem last week. So, uh, yeah, that's it for me for the 10K plus range. But, uh, yeah, I mean, no, we didn't say anything about Hideki, but, you know, I like Hideki and Morikawa as well, for sure. It's just Hideki, though, he hasn't played in a while, you know. And his course history is all right. It's not great. So, I mean, of course, he's in play. But And then Morikawa, yeah, he could take the step up here and finally, you know, you know win. But we'll see. But all right, moving on, um, the 9K range. Uh, I'll let you go again. Who are you liking in this range this week? Well, I am 
liking, not loving, but liking Matt Kuchar at 9,900. Um, is a veteran. I know he spends a lot of his offseason in Hawaii with his family and enjoys his time there. So he knows this course damn well, and everybody knows it. And some of these young bucks might not be up to handle the pressure where Cooch is just going to be happy-go-lucky. He's just trying to get back into form, easy-going week for him. So I think the Cooch will have a nice week. Then I also really like Charles Howell the third at 9,100. He's 40 to one to win outright, but I feel like he should be a little bit lower. I just think he's a better quality golfer than most of these guys in the field. Um, last three years, he's made the cut every single time. And then let's see, three years ago, 2017, he finished tied sixth. And in 2019, so last year, he finished tied eighth. So his resume is second to none around here. Then I'm also interested in Mark Leishman at 9,200. He's made the cut the last three years here. And he's definitely a world-class player, so he might be able to walk over most of these guys. But one thing that might concern me on him that I might actually go underweight compared to the field is that I know there's some Australian fires going on and I just feel like maybe his head won't be there. So mentally he might struggle and then you give up a shot here and there and that costs you. But other than that, um, the 9K range does not excite me a whole lot, but the guys I said. All right, yeah. Um, I agree with that. I, I don't like a whole lot of players in this range. Actually, I think it's more of a, I don't want to say stars and scrubs week, but you know, I think you're going to have to, I think the guy that's, you know, one of these top 10 K plus range guys, you know, you're probably going to need one or two of them in your lineup. Cause there's definitely, a, when we get to it, there's definitely a lot of, uh, ch- cheaper guys that, you know, have, are definitely value plays and definitely, you know, could do well. Cause like I said, anyone can win here. So. Yeah, I think that's probably the approach I'm going to take, but we'll see. Um, still early in the week, Monday, you know, things change a little bit. But, uh, yeah, so as far as my – who I'm liking the 9K range, um, obviously Kucher, defending champ, you know. Obviously, you got to like him, veteran here. And like you said, he spends a lot of time in Hawaii and he knows the course well. But my favorite play that you didn't even mention at all, I mean, because especially for GPP, because people forget about him, is Sung J.M. I mean, the guy checks every box as well, you know, and obviously sometimes you just don't, you know, it doesn't just because they check all the boxes, they could still do horrible. But I just think, you know, he's only getting better. He's definitely a cash play for me because he's just – last year he showed, I mean, the guy – playing with the best of them as far as just making cuts you know consistently and uh yeah the guy definitely can take his game up a notch and he could finally you know find the winner's circle here and for sure um i just think he'll be lower owned than uh like coocher and you know everyone likes charles howell so all it, um but uh as far as that leishman you know him and joaquin neiman you didn't mention it all neiman's my fade the guy's all over as far as consistency. He obviously finished well at the century last week, but I just, I don't know, I'm, I just never like playing the guy because he's just too wild, you know, young, young player too. Just his course history is okay, but it's not nothing special either. But Sung JM, you know, last year too, you know, top 20 play. I mean, the guy, like I said, he's my favorite play probably as of now because – think he'll be lower owned just because you haven't seen him a little bit here um i also like abraham answer a little bit you didn't mention him um you know he also is definitely a risky play sometimes i mean he's off and on as well but the course sets up pretty well for him too you know the guy can scramble um his driver's accuracy is solid i mean everything that's necessary here because Definitely this course, you know, you don't need to be no bomber to do well here at all. Like people always like to take bombers, but this course, anyone can win. Any, 
mean anybody, which I'll I'll show that later with some of my picks. Uh, driving distance, you know, definitely brings an advantage. But in these conditions in this course, you know, I think there's other stats that are going to be a lot more important. Um, so as far as the rest of the 9K range here for me, you know, um, yeah, there's not a whole lot of players in this range as, uh, as well. But, yeah, that's really my thoughts on it. Um, so, yeah, Walking Neiman's my fade. And, uh, yeah, my favorite play is Sung J.M. right now for GPPs. And then Cash, I guess, uh, you know, Kuchar. But he'll be he'll be probably the highest owned in this range. So, all right, moving on to uh, the 8K range. Who are you liking in this range, Nick? Well, first, I just got to mention my fade for the 9K, I forgot. And it's also Waukeep Neiman. Uh, you know, I was yeah. trying not to laugh when you're saying the stuff about him. But, <laughs> yeah, he's he's wild. He's really wild. Um, I just think he doesn't do well this week. I don't think he makes the cut. And I feel like his yeah. game's got to improve a lot. So, yeah, but yep. mo- moving on to the 8K. Um, first, you got rock-solid Kevin Kisner. The guy's a ball striker. He's a grinder, you know, tough conditions. He's got the mentality to stay in it. Um, he's 8,700. I mean, you know what you're getting with Kisner. So, the guy's a lock to make the cut. And I feel like he's done pretty well here. He's made the cut the last three years. And he had a T4 back in 2017. Then I also really like, and I feel like he's going to be kind of high-owned, but Ches Reavy. And I know he's not the most, you know, fun guy to play. He doesn't fit the golfer type that you expect. He, he wears an Arizona Diamondbacks hat on the course, which is baseball team, if you don't know. So he's a little bit of an awkward guy, but he's 8,400. And he's made the cut all the last three years again. And uh, even more to his name is he's done really well. 2017, he had a T6. And 2019, he had a T3. So I know Chesel, he'll be up there. Then you got... Cam Smith, 8,500, 50 to 1 shot. And Chez and Kevin Kisner are also 50 to 1. But Cam Smith, again, you know, not the sexiest guy to play. Um, they don't really show him on TV too much. So people don't really know that he's a quality player. I think he played in the President's Cup. And he's made the cut the last three years. He's never cracked the top 15, but he's always in the top 20s, 30s. So he's not the best play, probably not for a GPP, but for cash, I think he'll provide value. And then additionally, I like JT Poston. He's 8,100. Again, he's 50 to one. He played last week, which I feel like there's some stat that says that the majority of the time, the guys who played in the week before at the Tournament of Champions, they traditionally do well, and a lot of times they're going to be the guys that are chalking up the top 10. So JT Poston, I feel like he's really improved his game. I know he wasn't much of a big name a few years ago, but now he's starting to get more popular, and he's probably has better confidence. He's been on the PGA Tour a few years, so he's seen the course. And that does it for me for the eight case. All right. Um, yeah, as far as, uh, you know, I like some of your plays for sure. Um, I'll get to mine here now. But uh, honestly, I laugh at this at this point. But I know Corey Connors at 8,900. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, I know the guy's been playing, you know, pretty solid for a while. But. I just don't think he's there yet. I mean, I know this field's weaker, but it's, you know, it's not, there's still plenty of talent. I mean, I just, I think it's an easy fade as far as, you know, cause people, he actually could be popular, I think, but, uh, you know, I just think he's due to just have a cold spell here anytime. And, you know, check some of the boxes that I like and stuff and, you know, his form's decent, but I just think he's bound to, you know, probably, miss a few cuts in a row or something, honestly. I just, 
you know, some I definitely like to play him sometimes, but just I don't know, that's just too high of a price for me. You didn't mention him at all, but Alex Noren, I like him actually. He's one of my. Um, I like him as an outright potential mate too, as well. Um, he's had. He's playing well for sure lately. Starting to come on late of last year. Um, I just think he'll be super low owned, so I definitely probably take a shot on him. You know, as far as course history. You know, it's all right. He hasn't played here a ton, it looks like. But, you know, I just – same thing I've been saying, you know, my key stats really I'm looking at, I just, you know, he checked a lot of them. And, uh, yeah, I just think he'll be really low. And, and, you know, if no one has him and he finishes, like, T3, you know, it's going to be a winning lineup. But, uh, yeah, as far as the rest of the range here – yeah, I'm fully in agreement with you with Ches Reevy. I like him as an outright a lot. Found him at fifty-five to one, um, and I found Norn at fifty to one as well. And then I didn't mention earlier, but Sung Jam at twenty-five to one. I like that too potentially. Um, but yeah, Ches Reevy's my favorite play of the week as far as uh, definitely a cash play for sure. You know, like you said, he's not the you know the best. You know, no one likes to play him all the time. But uh, the guy, you know, his driving accuracy is, you know, top on tour, one of the best on tour. And he just can do it all, really. And he's been playing really well all last year. He really started to come on. So I just uh, definitely like him this week. And his course history as well, like you were mentioning, you know, last three years, very solid performances, tight, you know, T3, T18, you know, another top 20, so just a brilliant golf by him. He knows his course well, obviously, and knows how to play it, you know. And and in these conditions, I like him even more just because, you know, that driving accuracy, because he's – there's a lot of – there's some definitely some tough angles here at this course I saw, and, uh, you know, some of these players, you know, you hook it, slice the shit out of it or hook it, you know, you're going to be in some trouble. And there's some deep-ass bunkers and these conditions, you know, definitely can see some – like you said, you can see a lot of low scoring, but you can also see, you know, some big numbers too potentially, even though the course isn't very long. Um, as far as the rest of this range, you know, another fade for me is Brant Snedeker. And Andrew Putnam at bottom of the range here at 8,000, you know, tied for second last year. And I don't want to say he's a fade, but I just, uh, you know, I just don't think – because he might be – because for that reason, people, you know, knew to – they're just going to slide him, slide him in and line up at 8,000, you know, because runner-up last year, decent form, but I just think it's a mistake. Um, but I got to say this, my favorite – sneaky play in this range is Brian Harmon. You didn't mention him at all, but the guy has played well here as well. He started to come on late of last year. He was in a bad, he was in, his form was awful for a long time, but then he turned it around quick and played really well at the end of the season. Um, And he's continued that so far this year. Uh, So I just, for these last few months, but I, uh, you know, I like him a lot because he's another really low on dart throw if you want to, go for someone that no one's going to play checks all the boxes pretty much that I'm interested in this week. Yeah. I just have a gut feeling about him, honestly. Um, you know, of course, Kevin Kisner gets you there. Solid play for sure. Definitely be in some of my lineups, you know, Cameron Smith, you mentioned him, you know, I, he's kind of, I don't know. He's same like I was – he's kind of like Neiman to me, but he's he's better than Neiman for sure. And, you know, he has a decent history here. He just hasn't quite gotten that, you know, in the top ten. But I don't know. I just – I don't know if I like him enough. I mean, he's probably just kind of a – might not be – he might make a lineup or two, you know, but I just – I'm not that interested this week. Uh, there's definitely other courses I like him better at. Uh, as far as that's about it for me, you know, uh, yeah, that's about it. I really, for the 8K range, um, yeah, so we'll move on to this, 
Seven K range. Who are you liking in the seven K range this week? So I believe, at least my personal DFS philosophy is that this is where you win it. You know, you gotta most times you gotta hit the exacta, so first and second. But then this is where you gotta have the guys make the cut. And they can win it, probably not in this field because the uh, difference between, you know, the top guys and these middle guys is so much compared to a stronger field like a major or, you know, Arnold Palmer, Memorial, the players, etc. But, yeah, I believe this is where you win the tournaments. This is where you can get a guy that can sneak into the top ten, and a lot of these guys are going to be low-owned. So starting off at... 7,900. It's a guy I really am unfamiliar with, but I checked him out in Sebastian Munoz. Uh, he played last week. He, I think he did all right. I'm not sure. But he recently, let's see, last year at the Sony Open, he had a T10, and I feel like I'm willing to bypass the last two times. I don't know if he made the cut or not, but I feel like he's a young guy or at least the guy who is just getting good so yeah i like munoz then moving to 7700 i like dylan fratelli he also played last week i don't think he did very well but um his history it is definitely iffy around here but I just like Dylan Fratelli. I couldn't really tell you why. This is a gut feeling <laughs> this week, but uh, all right. But you know how it is. I mean, it's the first tournament of the year. We got no stats. It's more of just a go with your gut and ride it out. Hopefully, you get your six for six to make the cut. But then moving on to also also seventy nine hundred. This is one of my sneaky plays because I feel like people are gonna think seventy nine hundred. I'm not paying that for this guy. I barely know who he is. And it's uh, Brian Stewart. He's made the cut all the last three years. And one year he actually did pretty well. He had a tied eighth last year. So I like Brian Stewart. Then at 7,800, I like Russell Knox. He's made the cut the last three years. And he's gotten a tied 11th and a tied 10th in two of the last three years. So, you know, Russell Knox, he's a good player. He'll be here ready to play. Um. Then I also kind of like a sneaky play at 7,200. And I feel like he's made a lot of cuts this year. Maybe he's only missed one or two, and it's Brian Gay. And he has also made the cut the last three years here. That's basically what I'm looking at is just the last three years. I just feel like four years is kind of a cutoff point where you could be a totally different (coughs) player in four years. So, yeah, I like Brian Gay. You'll definitely get some good ownership with him because he'll be low-owned. Then at 7,100, I feel like this guy's actually really good. I don't know how he's been playing recently. He probably hasn't been like half these other guys, but Scott Piercy. A lot of times, you know, you'll see Scott at the front page of the leaderboard in a major, so this field should just be a cupcake for him. And additionally, I like a guy who had a hell of a season last year. He really turned up his game a notch, and that's Rory Sabatini. He is definitely one of my uh, key plays for the week. And then Kyle Stanley, the guy is kind of a boomer bust. You know, I'm not going to recommend that you play him in cash but in a gpp if you're playing a few lineups you might as well throw him in on you know maybe 10 percent, five percent of them so sometimes he can pay off you know he can get a top 10 then some guys that i don't like well one more guy that i do like is a guy that i just heard of last week maybe you guys have heard of him maybe not but lonto griffin he kind of impressed me last week and he showed that he's going to be a name that a lot of people are going to know in the near future but then getting into my plays that I don't like, um, I do not like Kevin Na. Uh, he just played absolutely pathetic. Um, normally, Kevin Na, if he wins a tournament, and sometimes he can, hence why he was in the Tournament of Champions, 
is his scrambling is just so good. And you know what he does. He'll walk walk the ball in the hole when it's 10 feet away still. So Kevin, uh, his game is not there. He's a hot or cold player. Do not play Kevin uh, this week. He will not make the cut. I don't even think he'll beat more than 20 people. And one more guy that I don't like is Ryan Palmer. I know he hasn't missed the cut this year, but Ryan Palmer, I feel like he's not really a coastal golfer. And by that, I mean, you know, playing along the oceans. I feel like he's more of just a Midwest guy or a just just anything off of the coast. No Californias, no Florida, no Hawaii, just Midwest tournaments, maybe Northeast. But yeah, warm weather, I don't feel like suits Ryan Palmer. So that does it for me. All right. As far as my plays, the 7K range here, I definitely agree with you. The Brian Stewart, I like him a lot. You know, checks every box. This is the type of tournament he can win for sure, or at least, you know, top 10. But, yeah, he uh, his driving accuracy is great. He, he's definitely, you know, he doesn't hit the ball very long ways, but it doesn't matter here. So, you know, he's in good form. And, yeah, I just think he'll be lower on because no one's going to, like you say, no one's going to want to pay his price. So I definitely am on Brian Stewart this week. Other plays that you said you like that I'm in agreement on, Royer Sabatini as well. You know, the guy turned it up a notch, as we saw last year, big time. And, you know, I think that's going to continue this year. I think he's going to be, you know, just a solid cut maker, and he's going to have a few top tens and might contend for it. Definitely last year, he'll contend for some tournaments, and this might be one of them for sure. I found him – I actually like him as an outright play. I found him at 90 to 1. 90 to 1? I mean, this field's not – you know, I think that's pretty good value for him because he, you know, he definitely could win here. Um, so, yeah, as far as other plays, you know, Ryan Palmer, you say you're not into him. I like him a decent amount, but at the same time, I see your points as far as, you know, yeah, he doesn't seem like a coastal guy, and I just – uh Def, he's a cash play because he'll be higher on for sure. You know, he, he's been just on a run, not missing any cuts, you know, good hit, you know, good history, knows how to play these type of courses. So I just, uh, you know, he's definitely a cash play. But as far as GPP, yeah, um, you know, it's probably best to just fade him and hope that he doesn't, you know, get another strong performance. Um I got to mention this guy. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about him, but I might have to start learning because all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I mean, it's early in the season, but Carlos Ortiz, this guy's he's playing out of his mind. I mean, you know, last second, T second, T third, then before that, you know, making cuts, you know, top 20, top 30. Like, you know, I don't even really – I mean, I just recently heard about him. I've never even really heard about this guy. You know, he's a younger guy, but – you know, he's playing solid lately. And I looked and, you know, the guy can scramble. Right now he's early in the year, but he's, a, you know, a top scrambler. And I think that's going to be very important this week with those bunkers. And just uh, since the course is a lot short, you know, if you miss the, the greens are very – but I do have to say this, the greens are – a lot of them are, you know, kind of generous as far as, you know, how the space of it and everything. You know, like there's definitely some – if you're on the wrong side of it, though, you were saying earlier, you know, you definitely have some tough putts, but uh, I just think scramming is going to be important though. Cause there's a couple of the par threes here, you know, are tighter and just tough shots to get at like a, a signature long hole. Uh, I believe on the 17th par three. I mean, you know, you know, likely you're going to, you might miss the green. You're going to have to be able to, you know, scramble and try to save par. So I definitely, like I said, I like scrambling a lot, driving accuracy, that kind of thing. And he checks those boxes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I got to mention, I mean, he won't be in a ton of my lineups, you know, 10% maybe, but he's definitely, you know, worth a shot for sure. He's just on the fire. You can't ignore it. Um, I also didn't mention him, but I like Pat Perez quite a bit as well this week for sure. 
I like him as a first-round leader because sometimes he comes out firing. All of a sudden, you'll see him at the top at six, seven under. I mean, yeah, he usually ends up choking, like finishes, you know, like sometimes top 10, but, you know, or top 20. But still, he could definitely be in the winning lineup even if he starts out hot and kind of cools off by the end of the weekend. But I like Pat Perez quite a bit. I found him at 100 to 1, I think, to win it. I mean, I think that's – you know, the guy can play sometimes for sure, you know. And, again, like I keep saying, he he also checks a lot of the boxes needed at this course. Because when you look at the history of the players that have done well here, you know, the boxes that I've been saying as far as dry actually, ball striking, scrambling, par four, scoring efficiency, you know, birdie or better percentage within 125 yards, all those stats, all these guys that are, you know, finishing – making the cut every year in this tournament at this course, getting, you know, winning top 10 and all that, you know, they're checking these boxes. It's not like, you know, these are irrelevant. They're, you know, of course, sometimes out of the, out of the blue, someone that's, you know, the one of the worst plays according to stats somehow, you know, does plays really well and, you know, maybe wins or top 10, but, you know, these stats are important. I definitely guys should look at them. For sure, especially these can, you know, and definitely like ball striking. That's why ball striking is going to be key for sure. You're going to have to, with your irons, you got to be dialed in because there could be some low scores even with these. We'll see how these conditions play for them. But this course, you know, it's a lot shorter, not too tough at all or anything. So definitely could see a lot of birdies. But uh, as far as fades for me, Aaron Wise. You know, the guy's all over the place, too. Just, uh, you know, I won't be surprised if he finishes fifth to last. I mean, he also can definitely, you know, he has upside, though. He can finish, you know, in the top 20 in any given tournament, even, you know, like majors he's been in and stuff. I mean, he can, but I just, he's an easy fade for me. I just can't play him. I mean, the guy, wild off the tee. You know, doesn't really scrambling. Nothing's really there, and I just the forms hasn't really been there in a while. I just can't trust them. Um, so as far as let's see here for the rest of this range, you know, Piercy, I like that play as well. I'm agreeing with you there. Yeah, I mean. To me, let's see, I mean, other fades, you know, I don't know. I just uh, – Matt Jones is a fade to me, too. He's really wild off the tee. You know, he's going to just – won't be surprised if he finishes in the bottom ten, too, even though – I mean, there's some weak players in this field. I guess I shouldn't say that, but he's just – he sometimes also can play well, but he's an easy fade, too. I wouldn't even hardly look at him. But I like Scott Piercy, too, a lot. Um you know, Brian Gay's all right. He just never seems to, you know, he'll finish like T, T40, T50, but he's just not going to, you know, get to where you really need him to win a GPP. And, you know, he's a cut maker, but he barely makes the cut a lot, it seems like. I just, I don't know. He's all right. But, yeah, other than that, that's about it for the 7K range. Um, I'm going to swing back around and do the 6K range here. First, um, so as far as, okay, well, here's one to add to one another cash lock. Adam Long is a cash lock for me. He might be popular for sure when people are making the Star Scrubs lineups. Um, but, yeah, like Nick mentioned earlier, I also think that uh, the lower-owned guys are going to be in that 7K you know, 8K range, actually, potentially, even though on a given week, usually they're not. But uh, this week, I think they will be because people are going to go this approach because all these values down here, which I'll get into. I got a ton of guys I like in this range as well. Adam Long, I like, number one, like I said. He's a cash play to me in this range out of all the uh, players here. You know, and playing really well lately. You know, same thing. Checks a lot of the boxes that I'm looking at. And, yeah, I just think he's probably going to do pretty well here for sure and just just a cash play. I mean, I don't know about GPP as much because he'll be higher on, but uh, 
as far as the rest of the uh, range here to close out, I like Nate Lashley a little bit, Taylor Gooch. Both those guys, they, uh, you know, they decent form here. I mean, you know, they're not going to necessarily be right up there, but they can, you know, they'll get you T30, T40, solid, you know, probably make the cut. And they, you know, like I said, they're again, They, ch- I just have got feelings about them as solid, lower-owned plays, cheaper guys that uh, will also – you know, check a lot of the boxes I'm looking at. A um, couple more, Nick Taylor. You know, you could throw a dart on him. I don't – I rarely play him, but, you know, he sometimes can come out of the gate hot too. He can, you know, be right up there after round one. But, you know, just you got to you gotta hit on some of these lower on because, you know, someone's going to come out really hot and be right up there that you don't expect in this range for sure. So. And then I got to mention, last but not least, um, Sung King is playing – his form's been excellent lately, and he's 100 – I found him at 160 to 1. Now, you know, this guy can scramble well. He, his irons have been really solid lately. And, yeah, I mean, he comes out hot sometimes. I mean, he'll – he could easily – I like him a lot as a first-round – a long-shot first-round leader bet too because he, you know, he's kind of a – I like to play him a lot, you know, for sure. But also, I mean, look, course history last year, T10. You know, I'm pretty sure the last – pretty sure he made the cut because um, he made the cut the year before that as well if he participated – and, yeah, besides that, he's just in great form right now. You know, he checks the boxes I'm looking at, like I'm saying. So, he's definitely one of my favorite plays as well in this range that I'm going to have in some of my lineups when I'm paying up for JT and, you know, and Hideki maybe or Patrick Reed or whoever up there. So, Webb Simpson. So, uh, yeah, that's it for me as far as who I like. Um, that's all I got. So, Nick, who do you like at the 6K range here to close us out? Uh, I'm definitely with the field on this one and with you, Adam Long. Everybody's going to see that 8-for-8 eight eight cut, 6,800. Uh, he played last week, so he's definitely checking all the boxes, and he's not a guy I want to fade. I just feel like, again, with the players in the field this week, you're going to want to do some stars and scrubs and – you know, he's just going to be a good fit on a lot of teams. So he'll be high owned, probably close to 15 to 20%, probably even near that 20% mark. But other than that, uh, I don't really like a whole lot of these 6K guys, which is why I like the 7K guys, because I feel like the difference between the 7Ks and the 6Ks is pretty, pretty noticeable. But I do like James Hahn. He was a runner-up two years ago. He's 6,300. He's made the cut here two out of the last three years, and he's three for four in cuts on this season. So 6,300, I'm not going to say he's going to play super well, but, I mean, I'm willing to put him on a few lineups for that cheap. Why not? You can roll the dice on a guy. Um, Then my absolute favorite play, potentially – of the whole field for value anyhow is this guy has made the cut the last three years here. So he likes the course. It fits his eye in 2017. He had a tied for 13th and last year he had a tied for third. So he's no slouch, even though he's cheap priced, he's 6,600 and that guy is Hudson Swafford. Um, he can definitely come out firing, just, you know, nobody's really too familiar with him just because he's not one of the top quality players on tour. But every once in a while, you'll see him on the front page of the leaderboard, which um, that that's all you can ask for. 6,600, I'm definitely going to be playing a lot of Hudson Swafford. Potentially, I might even just go really overweight on him because I just feel like if a guy's made a cut three for three here last time, 
or the last three times. Chances are he does it again. I don't know what he likes about this course, but he likes something. And then a couple of fades. Um, these guys might be so low owned anyways, but they just won't be on my teams either. Is one of them Keith Mitchell. He played last week. Played very horrible, though. Uh, <laughs> poor Keith. Yeah, he's wild, too. Um, additionally, I don't like Graham McDowell. I know last year GMAC had a great revival season. You know, he won he won a tournament, qualified him for the British Open, and he played well in, where was it, at Port Rush in front of his home fans. And he, he got basically his walk off into the sunset, and I just feel like he's going to go way downhill this year, and this week is just the beginning for him. Um, and then the last guy who I'm really iffy on, I feel like you got to play some of him because he's made the cut the last three times here. But then again, I don't want to play very much of him because he's a hothead and these conditions are going to be tough and he might just walk himself right out of the tournament. 6,500 Scott Brown. Um, basically from, from Scott Brown... I don't play him very often, and, you know, all of us have our biases of who we like to play. Scott Brown is definitely not one of the guys I play often, but I think I might be actually willing to give him a second chance this year. But I'm just going to kind of ease into it because, like I said, he's a hothead. I don't know if he's going to be there, but, you know, 10%, I feel like – I just feel like he's got the upside that a lot of these 6Ks don't. He definitely has the same downside that they do, but he's got some upside that they don't. So I can't really say either way on Scott, but, yeah, he's just a guy that's maybe worth a lineup if you're playing a bunch. If you're playing one, definitely don't play him. But, yeah, otherwise, just wrapping things up. Congrats to JT on the win last week. Um, I know things got a little bit dicey for him. He kind of choked at the end there on the last hole, but I guess he redeemed himself. Um, anything else you want to add, Joe? Yeah, so I agree. Uh, you know, JT got it done last week. Can't not like him again this week. You know, he's the kind of guy you compare the lineup with, like, Adam Long, you know, at the bottom here and just – Definitely, you know, I think Stars and Scrubs will be more popular, but that's why if you fill your lineup full of 7, 8K, 9K range guys, you know, it'll be lower on. So as far as final thoughts, you know, I, uh, yeah, you guys, you got to go go put those outright bets down. I mean, don't, you know, there's a lot of good value potentially. And this is the kind of field where, you know, those upper, up, you know, upper echelon guys, definitely one of them probably will win. But, you know, and even their odds aren't bad. But, you know, these guys at 60, 80, 100 to 1, I mean, even for first-round leader, though, you know, I didn't see those up yet uh, recording this on Monday. But, uh, you know, I just go make those bets because, you know, you can win, give you a nice bankroll if you hit one of those early in the season. So, uh yeah, as far as, you know, like I said, my favorite plays, recap here. You know, I like Webb a lot at the top. Ches Reavy, you know, in the middle here. Um, Sung J.M. Sneaky play, I still feel like Brian Harmon and Pat Perez, I like them as well. Uh, you know, and yeah, that's about it. Um, any other thoughts you got, Nick, before we close out? Well, I'd just like to give a quick shout-out to Imperium Performance. A buddy of mine owns that business, and if you want a good training program, definitely check it out. Um, yeah, definitely my favorite plays that I'm going to be choosing are Brian Gay, 7,200, Ches Reavy, 8,400, and Hudson Swafford, 6,600. Otherwise, from the top guys, I think I'm just going to go pretty even on them. I mean, I don't know who the hell is going to show up to play. 
from those guys. I feel like my specialty is more of picking the cheaper guys, and that's what I'm going to stick to. So, yeah, hopefully everybody has a good week. It's only Monday right now, so we don't even know tea times. It's still early. Obviously, news could come out. But basically, I just feel like we should just wrap it up saying our goals for the year in DFS golf. And I'll just start off with mine is that, I mean, I'm in this thing. I'm not a rich guy by any means. I play 20 lineups a week, $5 in the main event, and I'm trying to win the 100000 And it's a long shot, but it'd be really nice. I'm in this thing just like all, all the listeners. I'm in it to make money. Simple as that. All right. Yeah, me too, man. I am uh, ready for this season. Ought to be good here. Before you know it, we'll be up playing on getting ready recording for augusta so uh yeah it's definitely the best tournament of the year in my opinion no doubt about it which most people agree to that so yeah as far as you know next week we'll be back for the american express tournament coming from la quinta california so for nick and myself and the no bs dfs podcast see you guys next time thanks for listening